This is Might Sound Wild, a podcast for business owners, creatives, and anyone who wants to do what they love for a living. Hosted by Ron Wayne Scott and April Loyal. This week, we're talking about marketing for photographers, and we'll share some of our stories of what has worked for us and what hasn't worked. And we'll talk about all that coming up. Hey guys, it's Brianna LaCosta. I'm the social media manager for Mountainscape, Shore Shooters, and Might Sound Wild. I want to invite you to stay connected with us. We post regularly and we want to see you interact with us. You can find Shore Shooters and Mountainscape through Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Might Sound Wild on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. Okay, so marketing is a thing that is just always changing, especially in um, when you're talking about marketing a photography business, I feel like. And as long as Ron and I have been in this business at this point, we have seen it go, um, you know, just kind of all over the place with how you should be marketing to your ideal clients. And I, I enjoy speaking about this with Ron because we have a unique business. If you've been around the podcast for a while, you know that Shore Shooters and Mountain Escape are both designed to cater toward our target audience as tourists. And not very many people are doing that. If you're, if you're living in a town like we are, you probably are to a certain extent, hoping yeah. that you know the spring and summer season are a little bit busier with people who are coming from out of town. But our businesses uniquely focus on people primarily who are on vacation. Um, so we've tried, as you can imagine, we've tried all kinds of things, um, some of which has worked for us over the years, some of which we, you know, have to just keep reinventing or keep perfecting, some which do not work at all, like some silly things from the past. And I know Ron knows exactly what I'm talking about when yeah. I say that, and, um, you know, but that's just the times that we were living in. So we, you know, of course, we're trying whatever we could and we'll discuss those topics. But if you're listening today and you're like, well, I'm not that kind of photographer or I'm a wedding photographer or my ideal clients are, you know, this unique, um, you know, group of people. I'm hoping what can happen today is that you can listen to our story still and just apply that same logic, hopefully, or somehow that same method to your own business. I think probably the main takeaway that I want people to come away from this episode uh, realizing is that you need to just try different things and see what sticks. That's yeah. kind of what we've done. Uh, we have tried all different kinds of methods of advertising. And uh, to be honest with you, the thing that still to this day works for us the best is good old Google. Uh, yeah. That has kind of always been our thing. And it has always been the main source of leads for our businesses. I'll tell you though, what, what's funny is going back to when I first started out in this business, we've talked about the old school photographers. And when I first started out, and this is kind of uh, telling of how long I've been in this business. When I started, most of my competitors were doing phone book ads. Right. Yeah. How long has it been since you looked at a phone book? <laughs> right, right. How long has it been since anybody looked at a phone book? But I guess when I first started out, I kind of saw the writing on the wall, even though the phone book was still the number one source of advertising for all of my uh, competitors. I knew that phone books were coming to an end and yeah. the Internet is where it was. And so as far as like the Gulf Shores area where I first started out, I was really the first one that was doing any, any kind of search engine optimization. I, I really, honestly, at that time, 
I had no idea what search engine optimization was. I just knew that I needed to be there. I just knew <laughs> that because um, all of the competition, they were doing phone book ads. And I, I knew that the the target market, the, the target customers for our area was people who were on vacation. And the problem with doing the phone book when you're dealing with people on vacation is they don't see your ad until they're already on vacation at the beach. And well, so can I pause you real quick on and so that people understand, like, I know you're sitting here, if you're listening, you're like, okay, yeah, there's no phone books anymore. Well, you could be thinking if you're applying this to you, you could be thinking, where is your target audience now? Can you foresee something in the future that's going away versus something that like, I know a lot of young people are like, um, in that transition where they're either on TikTok or they're not like, I'm of the age that's not on there. So I'm going to be like the phone book guys probably. But if you're young enough, you have energy enough. I want to, I want, I don't really want to make it about age. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you have the willingness and the foresight to see that maybe Instagram, for example, is something that's taking a backseat to TikTok for your audience, for your target audience. If that's the case, then you can apply what Ron is saying about his personal story to your, okay, now go ahead. Sorry. I just want to make sure. So so yeah, I mean, what, what I came to the conclusion that I needed to be doing was that I needed to get these people. I need to hook these people before they even get to the beach for their vacation. So Mm -hmm. that was why I started turning towards the internet and uh, trying to get people to find me before they even came to the beach. And uh, so, so of course, uh, as we've said before in previous episodes, the ones that didn't adapt to that are no longer in business. And that's a, it kind of goes back to what you were saying is you have to look to the future and see what's coming and see what the next big thing is going to be. And you have to be the one of the first to get on that. And so well, and, that was what happened with us. Yeah. And before we move away from Google to talk about other topics, I think, you know, even though Google's been the thing that's been around for the like a while now, like yeah, you have to yeah. have some kind of Google presence. I think at minimum, people at least have websites that they you know, maybe try keywords, try blogs, but I still think it's very overwhelming for a lot of people because they don't understand the campaign that, um, we were talking about, you know, or maybe they don't really, um, know how much of a budget I would think if it were me doing it alone without you, Ron, I would be like a little timid about how much or how far my money could get me. So you know how you set like a, a Google yeah, budget? Exactly. I think I'd be like, am I just wasting it? What's enough? Um, people probably underestimate the power of the natural search, the yeah. like not paid one to try to get on the natural search. And there's all kinds of things you can YouTube and learn about how to do that. Um, yeah, I think that Google is still something that everyone knows is necessary, but not everyone is. is learning how to do it to, to correct. I don't want to say correctly, but like in a way that's going to work for you. So I would say, um, learn if you're, if you're here today and you haven't tried to be, um, proactive with Google learn. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you the Google ads, the paid search ads on Google, it's, it is really overwhelming. 
because it's something mm-hmm. that you have to put a whole lot of work into. Uh, you have to make sure that you're using the right kind of keywords. You have to monitor it to uh, look for uh, add what they call negative keywords, which uh, you can look through there and see what people are typing into the search that triggers your ad to show up. And you have to watch those search terms because sometimes there may be search terms that are triggering your ads that are completely irrelevant to your business. And Mm. when you see something like that, you have to make sure that you add that search term to the negative terms. So that way you're not getting charged for something that's completely unrelated to your business. Like say, for example, if you don't do weddings, you want to add wedding photographer to your negative keywords because you don't want to get charged for people clicking on your ad when they're looking for a wedding photographer if you don't even do weddings. So interesting. Yeah, you have to watch that kind of stuff all the time. And it's just it is just a very complicated thing to manage. Um, It's there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, is just really overwhelming and just hard to keep up with. But with that being said, the the big thing now as far as Google is the uh, uh, the Google business listings. It used to be called mm-hmm. Google My Business. Now they've just shortened it to just Google Business. And it's um, basically the maps listing that shows up at the top of the search yeah. results. And we get I think we get more off of that than we do the actual paid ads now. Um, okay. But we do a combination of it as well. And then, of course, the the good old-fashioned organic search terms are, you know, still yeah. a big part so, of it. So. I wanted to let you guys know, you know, since um, Aiden, you know, we talked with Aiden yeah. last week, has come on to kind of help us a little bit behind the scenes, too. He's learning, and he's young, and he's like, wow. When I'm writing blogs and coming up with keywords, if I'm going to get a good, you know, ranking, I have to really talk so, you know, it almost feels silly, like plainly, like you have to really spell out who you are and what you're doing. And he said, it's hard because you can't stick with like trendy topics as much or like a trendy way of speaking. I I might not be saying that correctly. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to say it is, um, you know, as, especially if you are a uh, younger photographer, you want to talk the trendy Instagram type language, and you can't really do that if you want to get a search right, rank. Because Google is still working on trying to pick up what you're saying. And Ron used to tell me all the time, you have to tell Google over and over who you are and what you do. And exactly. it's always wise to position yourself kind of as an expert. So we've talked about how we really like the top five, top three, you know, you have to think what Google will grab onto and then also what your audience would still be interested in reading. So there's a very fine line that you're trying to balance there and um, a lot to figure out, but we're not being discouraging or we're, we're trying to be the opposite. We're saying figure it out because um, you know, after the break, we'll talk about other little, you know, marketing things that have and have not worked for us. But Google is still the OG since the phone book, I guess. It's yeah. the one that works. It's the one that you really need to put some effort into. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has probably read a blog post at some time that where they're just reading it and going, wow, 
that's that's just so weird the way they wrote this because say for example somebody is trying to um their their thing is florida wedding photographer that's what they are and Mm -hmm. you'll read their blog and it's like in every sentence they say florida wedding photographer right and then the next sentence we are the best florida wedding (laughs) photographer well what they're doing is they are trying to make sure that that um blog shows up in google searches because that's kind of the way it works um one of the one of the weirdest things about blogs uh getting blogs ranked on google one of the factors in it is when you come up with a title for your blog you need to say that title in your text somewhere within the first couple of sentences so mm-hmm. it's it's really challenging to try to write a blog without sounding sound- like a stupid robot right that's what <laughs> i was gonna say yeah you sound yeah. really stupid but you just have to risk it you know you gotta do what you gotta do yeah all right let's go ahead and take a quick break here and then we'll talk about uh, some marketing ideas aside from google that we have tried that didn't work that's coming up on the might sound wild podcast both shore shooters and mountain escape are expanding this year we have high hopes for growing and that means we need new photographers in many areas we are definitely looking for photographers in southern florida the tampa area the south carolina coast the north carolina coast and as always if we didn't name your area please feel free to apply you can find the application at mightsoundwild.co all right, so we spent the first half talking about Google. It's the most reliable. It's something that you definitely need to have a presence. And if you are intimidated by it, we really encourage you to figure that out and um, get that going. One thing before we move away to things that might not work is don't forget the power of Pinterest. Pinterest has kind of, you know, it was introduced yes. quite a while ago. It kind of came and went. It had its it had its debut and it was heightened, you know, and it worked. And then it, I think it kind of fell off for a while. As far as marketing goes, it's always been a thing. But now, from what I understand, it's a really powerful tool that works much more like Google or like a search engine versus a social media. Yeah, so that's, don't that's forget the thing. about Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, Pinterest was more like a social media. And then mm-hmm. over, it, it, it sort of went away. And then I don't know if they updated it or if people just figured this out, that Pinterest is like a search engine. And uh, so I think that was the reason for the comeback of Pinterest was because people realized, hey, I can use this thing as a search engine. And uh, people yeah. are searching for things on there. And it's it's kind of it has the potential to become the new google yeah it's so cool i think i forget about it sometimes and then once i get on and i can't get off i mean you can find out anything how do you want to yeah. make soap how do you want to make cheese how do you, you want to do some chicken coops you want to learn any i mean you can just yeah. you can do anything so as a photographer you know you need to position yourself as an expert definitely on pinterest so what yeah. would your clients yeah. stumble upon um would it be like how to make a romantic dinner party reception or how to, you know, think about anything that you can get in front of them. What kind of dresses work for hiking, elopement photography, you know, elopement weddings. Um, I said that all kind of weird, but you know what I mean? Like what would a bride be searching for on Pinterest that you could be the one that showed up? Sure. So that, that's something to um, think about too, not to forget about. Um, 
And then, of course, just being present on social media is always a thing. That's like, the thing. You know, like I, they're beating their head against the wall sometimes with social media because it can be white noise. It can be exhausting because you have to like really stay focused and committed to posting at certain times. And then you've worked so hard and sometimes it just doesn't get seen. We've had plenty of... Um, I think we've had like three different episodes where we talked about reels and how we feel about those. I think that, you know, social media is great and you obviously want to be present, but I just don't think it's the only marketing tool, which is why we're having this episode. One of the reasons we're having this episode today. Yeah. I do want to say that uh, even though Google has always been our main lead source, I don't want to discredit social media because we do still get a lot of our customers through Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our kind of clients, you know, definitely are on Facebook, which is something that I tend to forget about because I'm not a big Facebook person, but our clients yeah. are, they're there, you know, they're coming yeah. to the beach and so, or the mountains and. Yeah, that, that would be my recommendation to anybody who's uh, working with families specifically is don't discredit Facebook. Now, yeah. if, if you're only working with people in their twenties, then I wouldn't worry about Facebook. But right. if you're if you're dealing with families and say you're some of your clients, some of the people who book with you are in their 40s or 50s, then you definitely need to be doing Facebook as much as you do Instagram, because the the people in their 40s and 50s, they're using Facebook more than they're using Instagram. Yeah. I mean, if you're on Facebook and you see the moms that are posting like their kids at their t-ball practice and they're just think about that, that's where yeah. they are. That's what they love to do. Yeah, I would so even, I, I said, I said 40s and 50s, but I would even say 30s. a lot of people in their 30s. Yeah, even yeah. a lot of people yeah. in their 30s are on Facebook more than Instagram. Yeah, it's true. So, um, so I think that, um, I think the important thing to remember is just to stay consistent and not give up because I think that a lot of times it feels like everything you're doing is not working. I think a lot of people feel like that, but you, you have to be consistent with it too. You have to give it time, whether that's, especially with Google, that is not an overnight success kind oh, of situation. It takes a lot of time. It's You've got to be diligent. Yeah. 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 Really got to stay on it. So, but one more thing, and we, we said we were going to go into some things that didn't work for us. Uh, back to the social media thing. One thing that I have found that doesn't really work for our businesses and it might work for other businesses, but doing Facebook and Instagram ads has not worked. Yeah. For us. Yeah. We haven't had success with that. Nope. And, and, and it does feel like a big fat waste of money. So I've always been like a little hesitant to want to try again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it won't work for anybody because mm -hmm. it, just because it didn't work for us, it might work for you. Uh, but, you know, don't commit to a huge amount of money until you figure out if it's going to work for you. I know we were going to talk about what doesn't work, but I keep thinking of things that have, that keep, have things that come up that I'm like, wait a second, don't underestimate the power of a good old fashioned um, recommendation, like personal recommendation. Right. Personal recommendations are always going to be the best source of leads. That's always going to be your best uh lead generator is word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. And and that happens a lot in the wedding industry. And that can be recommendations from guests that were there, people who are actually your clients, or even just vendors, the wedding coordinator. Like when you start developing those relationships, 
that's generally how the ball gets rolling, or at least that's been my experience. So I always recommend networking as much as possible. Get to know the people that you want to work with. Like that's why you kind of see in these little small communities, there seems to be sometimes this tight knit little um, group of people that always work together. That's because they um, have developed personal relationships and they, they can count on each other and they trust each other to do a great job. So if you're a florist and you know that the wedding coordinator works really well with a bunch of vendors that the photographer has given you images of your flowers and really like um, been fun to work with and promoted you, then you're going to want to kind of stick with those people, but it doesn't have to be exclusive. There's always room for you to step in the door and say, I'm also a photographer and I want to be a part of this too. Or at least in my experience, no one's been like, no, this is just the us only club. You know, like um, you might feel that way. It's easy to get intimidated when you see people out there working together. Like that's, you know, like there's no room for you, but more than likely there is. You just have to be there with a good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Make room for other people. Uh, I mean, for example, say, you know, you're a photographer and you have a florist that you normally recommend your brides to. I wouldn't just stick with having just one because somebody might not click with that particular florist or that particular florist might not be available on their day. That's what I was going to say. There's plenty of work to go around. You'd be silly just to have like your um, one or two people. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you just want to, um, you just, you just want to network and have like a whole little team of people that you recommend. And, um, you know, that's, that is, um, a huge thing in the wedding industry is just get your foot in the door. Um, don't forget to be a second shooter. You don't always have to be the front man. So if you, no, if you, you see don't. an opportunity to be a second shooter, get in there. So, yeah, I think we said for the last half, we were going to talk about things that don't work, but I just kept thinking of good things that have worked out well, for that's, me. That's okay. Um, But I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. Don't be afraid to try new things. They might not work, but it never hurts to try. There's one in particular that I wanted to talk about that I just thought was going to be a huge thing for us. And then it turned out to not be. Uh, What's that? Back back when we first started Mountain Escape, uh, you and I both spent a lot of time in Tennessee back when we first started out. And if you've ever been to the Smoky Mountains... And you've stayed at a hotel or a RV park or anything like that uh, where they gave you a parking pass. One of those parking passes that hangs from your rearview mirror. You, you know that everybody up there, uh, Dolly Parton's Stampede basically pays for all of the parking passes for every hotel and resort uh, in the Smoky Mountains. And the way they do this is... The the side that faces out from your car, that's where it has your resort information, what unit you're staying in, blah, 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 how long you're going to be there, uh, your check-in, check-out dates, and all that kind of stuff. And then on the back side, the side of that parking pass that you're looking at when you're inside of your vehicle is basically a big ad for Dolly Parton's Stampede. And... Mm-hmm. So when we first started Mountain Escape and I was staying at hotels and campgrounds and everything in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, I kept seeing these uh, parking passes with Dolly Parton Stampede ad on the back of them. I thought, wow, what a great idea. And I knew we couldn't do it in the Smoky Mountains because Dolly Parton Stampede had everybody wrapped up. But I thought, 
wow, we could really do this for shore shooters because nobody is doing this at the beach. And so we ended up partnering with a very big um, resort in our area, in the Gulf Shores Orange Beach area. And I was thinking this is going to be huge because we're going to get all these last minute tourists who haven't booked a photographer yet. And I think we paid well over a thousand dollars to have all of these parking passes made and they, and the resort, they did their thing. You know, they gave everybody a parking pass. Every car that came into that resort had a parking pass with a shore shooters ad on the back of it to where every time they got in their vehicle, they were seeing an ad for shore shooters. And I thought this is going to make us tons of money. It didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, uh, it didn't do much of anything. So uh, it may seem like a great idea. You may be thinking that you have come up with the big idea that's really going to make your business and it just doesn't always work out that way, but don't be afraid to try it. Yeah. You never know. I mean, it could have been great. So it just did. It could have been. Yeah. It could have been. You also have and, to remember. And I'm not saying anything negative about the resort or anything like that, because it's, it's not that nobody was seeing the ad. They were seeing the ads. Uh, they just, I guess they either just already had, they had already booked with a photographer or they just weren't interested in beach pictures. Yeah. And you kind of have to think about what your clientele would consider like something that would jump out at them too. Like I remember when we first started in the Smokies, we were so desperate to get a name and a presence that we did those dang rat cards that you see all over Gallagher. Yes. And that and is just not our clientele. Like we, we learned over time, like they're not, that's not where they're going to book a photographer. Like if they're going to take a photographer serious, it's not going to be on a card that was sitting by the smoky mountain moonshine place or whatever. Yeah, like exactly. they're going to, they're going to trust a photographer they see on a place like Instagram or somewhere where there's a presence known and not just like a little, you know, card. And, and they don't even, I don't think that that's what the clientele even re- realizes in their brain. It doesn't register to them like, this isn't a serious photographer. It's just like somewhere in their subconscious. They're like, this yeah. is not the place to look for a photographer. So it's not, yeah, like you said, don't be afraid to try things, but you really need to get in the mind of who your clients are and like what they would trust as somewhere to book or someone to book, you know? Yeah, I think what it really comes down to for us, now this is just for our businesses. This is not for everybody. But um, what we have learned for our businesses is the last minute type advertising of getting in their face after they're already there on vacation doesn't really do much for us. Because uh, I would say 95% or more of our clients book us way before they even come to the beach or the mountains for vacation. And um, that's always been the reason why I've been so uh, set on trying to figure out how to get these last minute clients, because um, just to get that small percentage of people who came on vacation and then thought, oh, let's do pictures while we're here. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think it's just so few people that fall into that category that, it's just not worth spending money on advertising. Yeah, I agree. But, but going back to what I said at the beginning, every business is different. So don't take our word as, um, saying this is not going to work for my business because your business may be completely different than ours. Uh, but the, the point is try different things, 
don't go broke trying these different things, but try them on a small scale and just see which one works. Yes, definitely. Okay, well, hopefully this will help you out and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'll get a notification every Wednesday morning when a new episode is available. And we'll be back with another one next Wednesday on the Might Sound Wild podcast.